As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Football Show. Athletic Football Show. Today is Tuesday, March 8th. I'm Robert Mays. Joining me today, it's my good friend Nate Tyson. Nate, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well. People say this about other other sports, but like apparently this league applies to the NFL. Like that phrase. Uh, I don't. Is there any quiet moments anymore? The day after the combine ads. Yeah, let's let's get some news drops going. Obviously, you'd expect franchise tag news at this point. The deadline is tomorrow, so we had some of those rolling in today. And we were going to do a free agency preview today. We're going to start with our offensive free agents. We were going to dig into them. We were all set to go. And then about an hour before we start recording this, the news comes down that Calvin Ridley, who is going to be prominently featured on this podcast, by the way, we were going to talk about him and him as an option and who should trade for him. No longer relevant because he's suspended for at least the 2022 season for gambling on games. I'm sure you guys have seen all of the details. From what we understand, it was done through a mobile app in Florida, the Hard Rock Gambling app. The league found out because they have a service that designed to catch things like this because they don't want their players gambling on games. It was done during a five-day period in November when he was away from the team for just taking care of his mental health. And you know, we, that was obviously a storyline throughout the season. He bet on the Falcons. He bet on them to win games. There were a couple parlay bets made. My first response to this, you can't do this. It's just black and white. I mean, there is no gray area in the rules. We talk about the penalty, and we can talk about how that relates to other punishments that the league has handed out for other infractions. But this is not surprising that they came down on him as hard as they did. Absolutely not. People can do what they want about, oh, they get sponsored by casinos and gambling and all that. But guess what? You're a player, coach, personnel member in this league. You can't do it. Like, you just yeah. can't. It's you know this. You used to work for teams. It is yep. it is explicit. You cannot do this. You could even be seen in a sports book. Don't even, like, bother. Like, if you were in Vegas, it was already touchy enough to be in Vegas at the time. I mean, they suspended Romo seven years ago or threatened to suspend him for having a fantasy event at a casino. Like that's it wasn't wasn't anything gambling Reddit, but that's how they focus on this stuff. And that's what the league the league has always, always pounded over the table. How stay away, don't get yourself in these situations. It's not worth it. It's also it's they don't want to risk the integrity of the league and the game and all that stuff. And we could say about whatever we want with the NFL. You're part of a sports team, 
that it's not wrestling. These things aren't predetermined. These things are real games that have a lot of real tangible effects on the product and on the teams, on the players, on everybody. It's just, it's just a no-no. They're going to come down on you hard. They do not mess around with this at all. They still have, if you're a league member, player, coach, personnel, in your fantasy league, you can play fantasy all you want for free. If you're in a gambling fantasy league, the max that could be paid out is 250 bucks. Not to the winner, but total money can only be 250 bucks <laughs> in the whole pool. That's 10 teams, $25 a pop. So that is like that is like they just not even joke with it. And that's fantasy, not even talk about gambling with money lines and spreads. And I understand that the league has gotten into bed with gambling companies. There are gambling advertisements everywhere. Yeah. Every single piece of sports <laughs> media feels like it's brought to you by some sort of gambling company now. It, it has become naughtier. At the same time, the argument that, well, it's everywhere. You know, how would you expect these guys not to do it? Like everyone else can do it, but they can't. No, they can't they because can't. they're playing in these games. Yep. If you work for a team, you can't do it because you have inside information. Like, yep. This just isn't that hard. But there is a line it's in the sand. It is black and white. You cannot bet on games. Now, yep. if we want to talk about hypocrisy, we absolutely can't mm -hmm. because there is an owner who is accused of offering to pay his coach $100,000 for every game that he loses. Yes. We should have the same energy as it relates to the Stephen Ross situation as we do with Calvin Ridley, who he says only bet $1,500 on games. The fact that it's a year-long suspension for Calvin Ridley and other guys get dinged for far worse infractions, I mean, that we can have a conversation about. Mm -hmm. But I am not the least bit surprised that they were this authoritative about it because they just can't let this happen. This is a slippery slope that they can't let happen. Absolutely. And that's why they're coming down so hard on it. If they just said, ah, it's four games, you know how many guys that are practice squad eligible guys, you know, 52 on the 53 and man roster type of guys that are betting a thousand, two thousand. That's why they said, doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you did. It could be, could have been a $10 thing. Nope. We're not even messing with it. Cause you don't want to set precedent. Like you said, slippery slope and all that. It's, it's just fu the funniest part to me is I'm going to say not everyone knows this. I know it's fairly common knowledge is how many of the league members bought their teams way back in the day using horse gambling and bookie money. <laughs> <laughs> and now we come full circle with all. But that's because they knew once they got this league how much they wanted to separate that. Like our games are pure. They're not tainted, anything like that. So they kind of knew. But yeah, if you're looking at the history of some of the original NFL owners, it's it's pretty fun, uh, pretty fun reading, including the, the Maras and the Roonies. And that it's an entangled situation, but it is. you make $500,000 a year at minimum, most likely to yep. play in the league. You can't bet on games. Like, these are adults. It, it, they can make this decision. It's not that hard to not do it. So yep. that's where that's we are. Calvin easy. Ridley is no longer in on the trade market. No longer will there be speculation about where he'll play in 2022. <laughs> Calvin Ridley is suspended for the season. Just another yep. random Monday in the NFL <laughs> news cycle. All right. Let's Call get it. into this. We are doing the offensive free agents today. We're going to talk about some of the guys at the top of the market. We're going to get into it position by position. A little bit later this week, Shield is going to join the two of us to do the defensive free agents. That's going to be on Thursday. Tomorrow, Barnwell and I are going to look at some lessons that we could learn from the last few free agent classes. When guys hit, why do they hit? Which aisle should you be shopping in? Kind of trying to re reverse engineer the last couple free agent classes and what has worked as we look at this group. I don't know why we had a day in between the offense and the defense, but that's how I made the schedule. So everyone will have to deal with it. You get a nice little break. Before we get started with this, it happens every single year. The list of free agent comes out. 
You look at the top 20 or so, by the time free agency starts, none of them are free agents. The guys who have been tagged thus far, Orlando Brown, the news was the first one to come out this morning. He's been tagged by the Chiefs, not necessarily surprising. David Njoku tagged by the Browns, a little bit more surprising. Yeah. Yeah, I, you think about bit. his production as a receiver and where they've spent some of their money. I didn't know if they would prioritize him that much, but he has been given the yeah. tag. By the time this podcast runs on Tuesday morning, there's a good chance Devontae Adams will have been tagged. Mm-hmm. Same goes with Chris Godwin. Mm-hmm. And the other three that seem like possibilities are Dalton Schultz, Mike Williams, and Mike Gesicki. Yes. So some of those feel more right than others. You know, I can understand the Mike Williams one and them wanting to keep him. They have a lot of space. The Gesicki one is a little bit more surprising uh, based on, and even the Dalton Schultz one, when you consider some of the other cap casualties that might happen with Dallas, with Amari Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence, them prioritizing him as they're short on money. I think you could construe as a little bit surprising, but if they move on from Blake Jarwin, there are a lot of different considerations there, but that's where things seem to stand with the tag candidates as we record this at 5.30 p.m. Eastern on Monday. Yeah, and I I get kind of the the tight end franchise tag was so much lower than even I assumed. I think it was just over 10 million. Not not a well compensated position. (laughs) I didn't, I thought it would be 12, 13, 14, somewhere around there. And it was, yeah, just over 10 million. So the Njoku thing kind of, I talked myself into it. I could see the justification for it going, hey, we'll get a one year. We're not going to pay 11, 12, 13 for do we consider a guy an upgrade? So it's kind of almost like a really highly paid tryout. Uh, he's super young. So I, I kind of get that one. The Dalton Schultz one I get because I like the player. But yeah, again, it's just the Cowboys situation. is so, They can go in 20 different paths, especially with what they're doing with the receivers as well. So that one that one's going to be very interesting as well. And, and like just repeating what you said with the Mike Williams one, I think what he gets paid is almost like a longer version of what he would get paid as a franchise tag this year, which is around 18 million. So I think that one kind of, yeah, that market is pretty crazy uh, for Mike Williams right now, just because of what the receivers could be possibly available, you know, because like you said, once Devontae Adams is off the board and Chris Godwin's off the board, it's like, hello, Mike Williams, you know, (laughs) that's That's always how it works. And we'll get to some of those guys because there are some really interesting candidates as it relates to that. You look at the Browns now. The Browns now have $26 million or so tied up in their tight end group. Only two teams in the NFL are spending more than 10% of their 2022 cap as of right now on tight ends. It's the Browns and the Patriots. The Browns are at 12.28%. The Patriots are at 14%. <laughs> And 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 when you name the names, you're like, oh, one of them's like some like all pro guy. It's like Hunter Henry, Not at all. Johnny with Smith, both of them. Austin Hooper. <laughs> I mean, this is the product of shopping in free agency, right? When yep. you have to pay up for guys like Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry, very similar, right? Th- those yes. types of guys getting the contracts they did, very similar how that happens. And that's kind of why I was surprised with as much money as they had tied up in Hooper for them paying Joku $11 yes. million, even on a depressed tag. It's like, that's a lot of money tied up in your tight ends, but this is a team that has used more 12 and 13 personnel than pretty much every other team in the league over the last two seasons since Kevin Stefanski got there. Yeah, and I thought originally that was just because they had no receivers either, which we can get to, <laughs> we'll get to later, but I thought that maybe they would, it's a great class, and we talked about it last week, it's a really good class for that, those picks for tight ends between like pick 50 and 90. Like really, there's a really good chunk of guys there. So I kind of thought maybe you, if you want to get those kind of role-playing tight ends, this is a good class for it. That's the other argument. Does the same thing with Harrison Bryant, right? I mean, it's the same kind of yeah. idea. If they wanted to re dip into that pool again of those sorts of prospects, it wouldn't have surprised me, but they choose to franchise yeah. Njoku, and here we go. So 
who are the best guys left over on the offensive side of the ball? I, I think my f- four names or so that I'd throw out, and I'm going to include a fifth name that isn't technically a free agent yet, but is going to be. I have Teron Armstead, Allen Robinson, Ryan Jensen, Brandon Scherf, and Amari Cooper. If we yep. consider Amari Cooper a free agent, if we anticipate that he's going to get released sometime soon. Yeah, and that's what it seems like. It, they said the tri- the trade market dried up for him. So it's like, okay, well, snippy, snippy is coming pretty soon. But I, those are really the same kind of list of guys that I came up with, especially. Anybody else near the top there that you think is worth mentioning? No, just uh, it was funny. I just got in the mode. I started listing some defensive guys and I was like, nope, offense only, <laughs> offense only. So it so was off- tough because every list is broken down by everybody. So it was hard yeah. to kind of sift through so, it. There, uh, the defensive free agent class is much better than the offensive yes. free agent class, which I think well, Thursday will be more fun than this group is going to be. Yeah, so still listen to the podcast. (laughs) It's gonna be a good one. We got Shield on, Uh, but it's I would say as far as top top guys, that's really what I had. Uh, Really, after that, then you I think you get a tier a big tier drop after that at each position, and you get more of the role player types. Like I'm not gonna put a gallop of the world up there. You know, I I think Beckham probably deserves mention up there, depending on what ultimately happens with that. Right? I mean, coming off the ACL, it's going to be tough, but obviously he came on really strong near the end of the season. If he's healthy, he becomes intriguing for some team, but those are the five names I had. So let's kind of run through what the value for those five guys might be and where some of the best fits for them might be. Teron Armstead is such a unique case because Guys of his caliber, even on that side of 30, never hit free agency. Trent Williams was the last really good left tackle to move teams. He was traded. He did not hit the market. Even when you think about Dwayne Brown, Dwayne Brown was traded to Seattle. Left tackles of that caliber don't usually hit free agency, and it seems like he's going to with New Orleans. So. He could easily. I was texting with the GM today. I said, "Do you think Toronto Armstead's going to make twenty million a year?" He's like, "In this league, hell yes, he is." Yeah. So he's going to be right there at the top of the market, and I think he's one of those rare players that I'd be totally fine breaking the bank if it has to be a twenty-two and a half million dollars a year for a guy like that. It's just such a rare proposition at this stage of the calendar that it's worth it to me if you're the right team. When he's healthy, he's a top it's the only consideration left right? tackle like yeah. yeah he's all pro caliber even at this age also all time guy that's what all time guy and that is so important when you're handing it out is. these types of contracts and especially depending on where you are in your trajectory if you have a young position group we're going to get to a couple of them here dropping him into that offensive line room or if you're in the middle of a rebuild having him there as a pillar that does play a factor in this it absolutely should Oh, yeah. Like that's what uh, Rodney Hudson's always one of my examples I have when signing. They signed him to a big deal with the Raiders, and that changed the entire philosophy of the team, yeah. the entire complexion of that offensive line and everybody. Those guys are tone setters. And that's why I've heard Armstead is that he's just a great locker room guy. Saints seem to really have a lot of those guys over the years. I it's a fantastic that. locker room. It, really when you cool. go in, there are some teams where you can just walk into the locker room and feel that it's different. And theirs is like that. You walk in there and they're playing Super Smash Brothers on the couch and everyone's hanging out. There are some locker rooms that are ghost towns. No one wants to hang around. They're all ducked into the training room. They don't spend a lot of time together. Every time I've been in New Orleans, I was like, this team seems to really like it here. (laughs) Like every single one of these guys. I know. Just good personality. I just see Cam Jordan every time he's like, it's just. Perfect example. They're like a yin and yang on each side of the ball, it feels like. That's that's good. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's it. 
it's fun. Trust me. I, and being in locker rooms, when you have a fun locker room, there's nothing better. Like just the chemistry. It's like having 50 of your best friends hanging out with and like just, just the jokes that can come from that. Winning always helps. Don't get me wrong. It certainly uh, does. <laughs> winning do- always does help. Yeah. But I see him getting $20 million. Even when I put my note down with Armstead, it was okay. 18 million given his injury history. And I looked who else got money. I was like, you're paying this guy. This guy it could honestly be an elite tackle if he plays all fifty he plays fifteen of the seventeen games, sixteen of the seventeen games. He can be an all pro caliber type. You don't get that on the market. Like you said, you don't get the elite edges, you don't get elite corners, especially quarterback. We don't even talk about that. But a left tackle hitting the market, yeah, is he in his prime prime years? No, but he's still in the kind of tail end of that kind of prime. He's a borderline he all pro player at that position. Yep. He is. And and if you give him a three-year deal, that I think that makes sense. Uh, you just the, these guys just don't keep, like they just don't become available. I mean, it's just the number one thing. And like you said, when that personality type of thing comes into effect, and you're going to probably plop some of these teams with a lot of cap room aren't the best teams in the world for good reason. And so you plop him in, it could just change the whole setting uh, of your locker room and your team. Is there a fit for him that makes sense to you that jumps out to you right away? Uh, the top two for me, Dolphins. I mean, money. It, need, it's too easy. Way too easy. Dolphins come up a lot. <laughs> it's too easy, but for the, for him and for that situation, they have yeah. more cap space than any other team in the league. It's yep. a defined need. Yep. You can figure out how you'd shuffle those other pieces. You can have Eichenberg play guard if you want to. You yep. can move him to right tackle. Austin Jackson played guard for a majority of last season. So, uh, you know, they've spent on that position, but bringing him in to really solidify that line. Also, Mike McDaniel knows a little something about building an offense around a top-tier left tackle. <laughs> some uh, recent history yeah i think he actually knows this he actually can navigate these waters a little bit and and that's the thing with armstead too he's scheme proof you can run whatever you want with him yes and he's a pass saints run everything so saints run everything yep and so he he he's absolutely scheme proof the other one i like and it's gonna be weird to kind of like this would have there'd be further dominoes that have to fall if this happened is actually the jaguars and that is just being a total sense culture setter Hey, protect our franchise uh, franchise quarterback, quarterback on a rookie deal. Okay, so now you have it's going to age well with that. Kind of protect your top pick. Really set the tone of the offensive line because that's going to be a reshuffled offensive line. Um, I just think that – but it would, and they also have the number one pick. So now that opens up things for doing it with there. So now you don't have to take a tackle there if you don't feel all bought in on one of those guys. That's why I don't think it happens because I yeah. do think they're leaning toward taking a tackle there. I, do I think too. it makes too much sense because you're not reaching. In this nope. class, the, the guys that you can get there, there are a couple different options you could talk yourself into with Neil and Quanu. And uh, based on the, the chats I had in Indy, it felt like that's the direction things were probably yeah. going to go. Yeah, and it's going to go Neil Quanu. If you can draft a worthy left tackle with the number one pick and save your $20 million a year, it, it's probably worth build, doing it that way. And then bangles your defense. That, that's going to be my new term yep. now. It's just bangles <laughs> your defense. <laughs> so the other team I had that it, not as much cap space, but still enough and a desperate need, Carolina. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've, well, depending on what happens with them, because they could yep. be sitting there at six and they could be left without a dance partner if Charles Cross goes number five to the Giants, which... Yes was a timeline that multiple people brought up to me in Indy last week. If those three tackles go in the top five and Carolina's just sitting there. I can see it. Charles Cross is my personal favorite. And I I, I don't think he's going to last very long because I think he made himself a lot more money with that combine performance too. So that that's a, that's a great point. Like, you, can you imagine that too? Because you could tell. 
you can always tell what the whispers are happening when it was just like, oh, yeah. Oh, they might go quarterback here, but it looks like they're really going tackle. Like you kind of read between the lines. It's like, OK, somebody said something. So that would be hilarious if they just were left empty handed and have to. Oh, can we trade back? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, Alan Robinson, are you at all concerned about the season he had last year, you kind of counting that as a lost year? Uh, that That's how I'm kind of treating this. I'm trying to remember two years ago how much I liked him. And, yes, and he was incredible. It, I, Tape is your resume. I I, I said this on, I said this the other day with Greg Rosenthal. T- tape is your resume. I still love him. Uh, super role player. So I'm going to just abort it. I'm going to do the men in black, the little splash thing where I don't remember the year. He was angry and I understand it. The offenses he was in, the whatever is happening at quarterback, I, I, I get it. I wish he would given a little more effort as a veteran making a lot of money, but you know, I get it. So I'm, that's what I'm going to say is like, if I can get him on a decent deal, I totally get it because I still think he has some juice there because he's such a skilled player. I feel the same way. I think somewhere around like that 15 million a year, you know, three for 50 you know, potentially makes sense. I still think I'd be willing to do that for a guy like him. I mm-hmm. think the circumstances are pretty unique. He's on his third deal, but he's young. The situation in Chicago was so bad. So I understand a team taking a dice roll on him at that sort of price, which is the tier below the top tier receiver yes. money, which I think is probably right. Yep. You know, I mean, he definitely didn't help himself last year, but I still think somebody's going to be willing to take a chance. Is there a fit for you that makes sense? What do I have here? I have actually the Chiefs, and then I actually have the Dolphins. Those were my two. And I just think with the Chiefs, because it's, it's synergy, man. It, it, would, it makes a lot of sense. It's to my me. favorite fit of any player in any team in this entire exercise. I like that. I like that a lot. I, it makes, I mean, that's what we say. I think about how so, the pieces fit together. Oh, it's so good. They have all so much speed guys at receiver. Speed guy, speed guy, speed guy. Okay, let's get the crafty, crafty underneath guy. And like, hey, he's just you he eats targets and gets you those eight to ten yard gains and just eats them. And like and all of a sudden he can just break a guy off one on one if we want to put him at the X and Kelsey and Hill on the other side. Like you can just post do so people much up, contested catches, just yep. guys is gonna a guy that's gonna go get it in a way that they don't have yeah. at their non Kelsey receiving positions. And I'd rather them go for that than mess with OBJ or something like that. I know that's kind of like the, ooh, they really like OBJ, but I think I think Robinson's kind of fit just makes so much sense with me because they don't need a speed guy. So now you have the you're you're cheating. You're getting a possible low end number one to be your two. And I maybe that's Robinson's next stage of his career is a really good number two, which is exactly what the Chiefs need. So I really like that one. Obviously their cap situation is a little bit messy, but they can yeah. free up about as much money as they want to. Mahomes, if you the convert that Mahomes. roster bonus he had. <laughs> that's what it is. I mean, when you have a ten year long deal, you can do this every yeah. single year. Yep. You can just keep 
converting whatever you want to and keep just pumping it into the back half of this contract for as long as they need to. And that's what they're going to do. They can move on from Frank Clark if they want to. I believe they save about $12 million if they do that. He's set to make almost 30 this year. Yeah, they So I'm not sure he'll be playing on that deal. (laughs) So that that was, they have a couple different levers they can pull to afford that. And we've seen it with them. They're all in all the time. Yep. I mean, this isn't one of those situations where, like, ah, you know what? We won't dive into the market this year. They wanted Juju last year. They're trying to do everything they can to add offensive talent to that team whenever possible. We didn't expect them to be in the Toonie sweepstakes last year. Nope. They paid record-setting, market-setting money for a guard. So they're going to – if they want it, they're going to try to make it happen. And I think the fit there makes total sense to me. I think Miami is another good one. If they move on yep. from Devontae Parker, they want another kind of bigger ball winner to go with Jalen Waddle. I think the synergy there – Totally tracks to me. What about New England? I like New England. I just I feel like New England. I like it because they need an X, but, but they I don't. Just, they, they need, need more speed. juice than that. You they think need speed? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. Boren is kind of like a mini Allen Robinson. Like that's it's kind of like in his own way, like kind of that underneath middle intermediate guy. All right, um, I got one more for you. What about Philly? I have Eagles. I said Eagles maybe, but I said I'd rather they attack a receiver in the first round. Because I just think, because with all, if they don't do anything with all the their picks that they have, I think that they could really get a guy that maybe on like a cheaper deal. But they could. I have Eagles, and then I have a random one, really random. I said the Raiders. Uh, I think the Raiders make sense. I, I think the yeah. Raiders makes the problem with the Raiders is it's again it's a speed question. Exactly. You feel like as well, I mean, they're outside spots with Renfro and Waller. Do you think they need a little bit more? Yeah. At that spot, I think you could samey. absolutely argue that the, the Eagles though with with Smith. Robinson and Watkins. Yeah, quiz. that and with Goddard, I can see that. But yep. can they afford it? I mean, that's a team that doesn't have that many financial levers to pull. And if they want to spend a little bit on their defense, but they have three first round picks. Yep. I mean, there they are a lot, a lot of different ways that they can go. So I was talking to our Eagles writers about that today. So would they be interested in a guy like that? And it seems like at the right price potentially. So I think that's an okay. interesting one. All right, Ryan Jensen feels like he's going to be able to push for. I'm surprised still you're saying t- his name. I feel like you're still <laughs> a Bears fan. It's just like, oh, is he available? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't well, know. We'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll trust me. We'll get there. So if you look at the center market, Corey Lindsley got $12.5 million last year. That's the same as Ryan Kelly's making per year. Frank Ragnow reset that market with his extension that he got this season. Mm-hmm. So Lions committing $13.5 million for Frank Ragnow. So, I mean, young guy. He's a good player. I mean, it's just it, – yeah. you know, at this it stage, stunned me. It's funny it to did see stun me. It did it stun me to see, to see that number. Yeah. When you when at your at this stage of your trajectory, it's like, all right, we're gonna pay market setting money to center. I don't disagree with it, but it's like, okay, good for you guys. Yep. So I assume that Jensen will be getting something in that range. I mean, yep. even at his age, he's a really good player that is only really hitting the market because the Bucks are in kind of a messy situation. They have so many guys they have to pay. There's only one franchise tag. Carlton Davis is a free agent. And one of the considerations with the Jensen thing is that they're going to try, I assume, to have him re-sign shortly in the near future. But do you want to be the first guy? If you're right. looking at all those Bucks free agents, Brady's right. gone, Ali Marpet's gone. Do you want to be, oh, yeah, let's get the band back together and then yeah. everyone else leaves? You, you look all around you. So <laughs> I, I do, assume... Tristan. <laughs> I assume he they're going to be looking around and seeing what's available because they can if Godwin's yeah. going to be getting the tag. So I would be willing to spend that again if I was a team at the right stage of my building process because I do think that he's a transformative guy in terms of your offensive line mentally, yep. what he can do for your young quarterback, and he's an asshole. 
yes. in the best possible way. He's going to add Smart a physicality asshole. and a tone to whatever that group is. And I think that sometimes that's a really, really important factor. Yeah. And he handles his own stuff. Like Brady and him was really cool to always watch communicate, but it wasn't a lot of times great Tom Brady, like trumping him and going like, ah, no, I don't like that. Let's repoint. He did a couple of times as quarterbacks will do, but Jensen handled all of it. Like he handled that's, that's how the Arians offense is. This is the center handles all of it. So he would set, he knows the pass protection stuff. So that's why you can drop him in into any situation and he's going to have a feel for what you want to run and can handle all that. doesn't even matter what type of quarterback you have behind them, young or old. Um, but yeah, I, I said money-wise, three years, 40 mil. That's kind of like what I, I kind of figure, which is about yeah. 13 to 14 a year. It's it's kind of one of those, it's really like, it's a little bit older than Rodney was coming back, coming out, but same type of thing. He's a tone setter, he's smart, and he's dependable. I think he like barely has missed any time in the last four or five years. So that's another big thing when you're going to hand these guys big deals. Fits for him. That makes sense to you. Dolphins, of course. I said Dolphins first. I, yeah. I, it's easy Dolphins. to just throw offensive linemen on the Dolphins, but when you're trying to find those transformative guys, they have yep. a lot of money, and it makes sense for them to invest in that position. Absolutely. And then Bears. I have to <laughs> have to throw on the Bears if they can maneuver how it is. And then Panthers was my other one. I have Panthers, I have Panthers as well. is my third one. I, the oh, yeah. other one I had was Cincinnati, potentially. Yeah. So I think they like Hopkins from an intangibles perspective. If there's a clear upgrade, I think they'd be willing to make a clear upgrade. The considerations with him of the relationship he has with Burrow, the fact that they think he's he is smart, those yeah. sort of things. If it's a lateral move, I don't think they'd move just to move it. But yeah. if there's a clear upgrade, I think that they would consider it. And I think that Jensen is that clear upgrade. Oh, yeah. He's a tier bump. You're going from a, above average to at least good to very good, I think, I think if they did that. But, yeah, no, that's interesting. Well, Bengals is another team that you can uh, – anytime you talk about offensive line, you can <laughs> rope in the Bengals and their need for uh, for one of them. Based on my conversations in Indy last week, the Ryan Jensen to the Bears dream may be dying, <sighs> which is really upsetting to me. I'm but sorry. It seems like there is not a lot of movement there, so – But we'll right now, happens. right now as we record this, we can still – we can okay. still – you know, have fans. Listen, about it listen when we do our the one signing we want to see at each position, we may come back to this. So, <laughs> all right, Brandon Scherf. Value. I mean, I think it's pretty clear cut. I mean, he's yeah. gonna. I would assume he'll make more than Tooney and Batonio did, and they both got sixteen million dollars a year. That's a lot, but this is a guy who was drafted in the top five. Mm-hmm. He's very, very good when he's on the field. The injury concerns are definitely what you have to worry about, but. I still would expect him to push for the biggest contract we've ever seen a guard get because he's hitting free agency and there aren't that many big time players available at that spot. He's the only one in his tier. Yeah. So it's, and that's the thing you, yes, he's been banged up, but you're getting that kind of Washington stank off of him a little bit. So you're, you're hoping that he gets out of there. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, look how healthy he is when we actually handle him like, like a professional organization. Um, but yeah, I think it's 16 to mil, 60 mil a year. He's a tone setter. I, I think too, is that, as guards, sometimes as we talk about, oh, yeah, you find the kind of like the replacement. You can find kind of like the middle tier guards and stuff. If you're building a line or if you have a line that really doesn't have a lot of pieces, getting a guy that's like your de facto one on your offensive line. Like this is our freaking dude and he's a tough ass athletic dude. OK, we go from there. You can really like really just shift the trajectory of your offensive line. So that's what you're paying for with Sheriff. My fit that made the most sense, the Jets. 
Yep, that's exactly what I had. Makes you, so much sense. You look at resources available. You yep. look at the guys already on the roster. You know, they probably have two starting tackles with the way that things are currently shaking out already, depending on how that ultimately happens. They could yep. draft a tackle. There's a bunch of different ways they could go there, but yep. they definitely have a need for a right guard, and he's the best one on the market, and they have the money to spend. They're, they're the team that really makes the most sense to me. That was when the when we did like kind of like best fit with things. That was the one that like felt right, and also he playing right side with the guy uh, the drafted last year playing left. Like it kind of like you know you don't have to move th- that around. That helps a lot too. Wherever they put at center, that's going to having a vet there. It's going to help set the tone because they have a lot you know whatever they do with Becton. But like well, they have a younger. They're really trying to build youth through the offensive line as well. You're just adding a vet in there. The other one I had, I had Bengals. Uh, as yep. well i know that Bengals aren't really that team that's going to pay the high high price but we know they need that offensive line and we saw what happened to that right guard spot throughout that last season um so going from poor to very good is a huge 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 tier bump and then i had one more and it's kind of random and i said are the chargers feeling frisky <laughs> i think they will do something to the right side of their offensive line I yeah. feel like it's more of a stopgap option than it is so, shopping yeah. at the top of the market when you consider all the needs they have on defense. But yeah, I think those are the teams. The other team that I, I think is worth mentioning as it relates to offensive linemen, because at some point they're going to have to do something. And I don't know if it's shopping at the top of the market for a guy like Brandon Scherf. The Steelers need offensive line help, and they, they have do. money to throw around. What tier they try to shop in is definitely a question, but they have to do something at those spots going into next year. Yeah, I mean, absolutely do, don't they? <laughs> like they have to. They have I mean, the to right side out of their offensive sort of line. Even if you quality aside, the right side of their offensive line is hitting free agency. Like they need yeah. to do something to shore up those spots. Again, you don't need to spend sixteen million dollars a year for a guard, but it yeah. feels like they're going to be in the offensive line market in some fashion. Absolutely, they're they're playing in that sandbox. They might not play with the biggest sandcastle, but you know they're <laughs> they're playing in that sandbox a little bit. All right. The last guy here, I think we should include Amari Cooper in this yeah. list just because he's going to be a free agent for all intents and purposes, but based on what we know right now, I would assume it's going to settle in the probably 17, 18 million dollar a year range on a new deal, right? Yeah. I mean, man, but it's like, that's a lot of money you're paying for him, but that's what's going to be. That's what I mean. If Mike Williams is probably going to get that 18, Amari Cooper is going to get that 18. So yeah, it's going to be in that range. So the the fits that I had, I had Eagles again. I think similar yep. thought process to what we were saying with Robinson. Jags, maybe? I had Jags. I had Jags as well because it depends what they do at Chark, but they just need dudes to catch the ball. They, I mean, even if it's okay, Mark Cooper's not the perfect player for him. He's at least a tangibly good player. The other two teams that I had, the Bears have to find pass catchers at some point somehow. Same thing. And yep. they don't have a first-round pick. So that is a position where if the right guy is available, they could potentially spend on it. And same goes for the Browns. Browns the Browns yep. need pass catchers. I mean, they, they, they can run they out do. 17 tight ends if they want to, but they're going to need a receiver. They could do that in the first round. And yeah. I expect them to be in the mix to draft a receiver in the first round, but they have to find one somewhere. Yep. Oh, no, they absolutely have to find two. Uh, and even uh, and the other one, too, I had a kind of a you know squint and it actually kind of makes sense fit was the Patriots. That's speed. Like Amari, Amari, Amari's one of the better things at – but he can do is the intermediate to deep stuff. He just doesn't get used that way because we get, I, even when I was with him with the Raiders, you kind of get fascinated because he has quick feet and everything. So you're like, oh, he's a slant guy and everything, which he can still do okay, but he can take the top off. He can actually do all that intermediate deep stuff. He does have good speed and he can align in the slot. 
He actually, the Cowboys last year, asked him to block a little bit more. We actually did a better job. Was he great? No, but he actually did it. Like he was coming in on side on duo a couple times by accident, but a couple times they, they forgot to sub in uh, somebody else to do it, but it still worked and he did an okay job at it. So I don't know. Patriots, if they're, if they find some weird deal, if the, the market isn't huge for Amari, I think it will be anyways, but you know, they might, might squeeze in there as well. So let's let's talk about the Patriots and how they relate to a couple potential trade or cap casualty guys that could be on the move. Calvin Ridley was going to be a big part of this conversation. He oh, is no longer going to be. Yeah. Robbie Anderson. Yeah. Apparently, there have been some trade talks earlier this week. Our Joe Person at The Athletic reported that. There were some trade talks with New England. If the Panthers trade Robbie Anderson six months after giving him that extension, I will laugh so hard. Oh, my God. Right. What is happening? <laughs> what is happening? Even with their tight end signing, like I don't know, they could, they're they're going to eat like six million dollars in dead money if they trade Robbie Anderson. They, I totally that's understand. Like guy is Robbie I Anderson totally too. understand if your conclusion is well, we, we have DJ Moore, we drafted Terrace Marshall in the second round last yeah. year. You know, this allows those guys to play. Then why did you sign him? Then yeah. why did you extend him six months ago? Yeah. I, I, maybe this is all smoke and they, they don't have any interest in it. If it happens, it will be incredible. <laughs> Another, I mean, and that's rules guy. That's his temple guy. Like that's like that was why he went to Carolina was because of that connection. It's just it's bizarre. You're right. It's absolutely bonkers. It's not a year and a half after, and you're like, okay, whatever. They got some use out of him. Nope. Six months. Six months. Let's extend him. What about <laughs> Brandon Cooks? Does Brandon Cooks interest you if you're a team that needs a veteran receiver? Yeah, it's twelve and a half million base salary this year. He's only twenty eight years old. Which isn't. Isn't crazy. He's still. still I mean, we just talked about Amari Cooper and Mike Williams getting eighteen million dollars a year. Brandon Cooks at twelve and a half. I don't mind that at all. I don't either. If you needed like a useful guy that can kind of just do a lot, he's a useful player at this point. Is he like excellent elite? No, none of that. But he's good and useful. And you know, we just kind of it's one of those guys you kind of forget about because he feels like he gets traded every six months. He's like one of those basketball guys where it's like the uh, expiring contracts that you know you just see you just get traded all the time. Yeah, but that's what he feels like. I would still take him if I was like shopping that kind of upper middle class, I guess, of the receivers. Like you could do a lot worse than Brandon Cooks. Like that is a useful, useful player. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like some teams should be smart about that one. All the teams that we just mentioned that are in the market for receivers, yeah. like let's say you're Cleveland. Yeah. And the Texans don't want a big time pick. Let's say it's a third round pick and it's twelve and a half million dollars in base salary when that allows you to save five million compared to what you would have to pay one of these guys on the market. Yeah. I don't know if the Texans are overly incentivized to do that, but when you have a team in flux the way that they are, I would be making mm-hmm. calls because I just think that's when you can get guys. The same goes for Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. I mean, in if they feel is, like flux is a nice way to put it. <laughs> Laramie Tunsil is another one of these guys for me because, again, finding a left tackle is not always easy. And when there's a team in transition, there's a mm-hmm. lot of turnover. We have a new coaching staff. We have a front office that, let's say, they're thinking is hard to peg. Is, is how I would how I would phrase it at this point. I mean, Laramie Tunsil is on a seventeen point eight million dollar base salary this year, eighteen and a half next year. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's near the top of the the tackle market, but you're getting out of the restructure and the signing bonuses. I mean, his cap hit is 26 this year for the Texans, but it's 17.9 for whatever team might trade for him. He's 28 years old. I mean, again, if they are just willing to part with him because they're looking to turn some stuff over, it's worth a phone call. 
It absolutely is. It's it's not just a oh a body that we're throwing in there at left tackle. It's like no, he's a very good starter. When he he things are rolling for him, he got he kind of cleaned up the penalties a little bit, but he's still you don't those guys are hard to find. You usually draft those types of guys. Two years ago, he 20. was excellent. He was really uh, yeah. really good two years ago yeah. in a situation that was not easy as a left tackle. Ton nope. of true dropbacks. Sean holds on, held held on to the ball oh, a lot forever. that year, yep. and I thought that he played really well two years ago. Yeah, so, so I think that's worth a consideration. Absolutely. Other two guys, if we're making calls with teams in transition here, Gallaudet is not worth $20 million a year, but his base is thirteen, and the Giants would save $7.5 million if they traded him. Okay. okay. I'd make a call I on that if it's for absolutely. nothing. If they'd be willing to just shed the salary because they don't want it, if you, I'll give you a fifth-round pick for Kenny Gallaudet at $13 million. Yeah, contract dump him. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And the same goes for Sterling Shepard. Obviously, yep, you'd have to be concerned about the injuries, different types of players, but $8.5 million base salary, the Giants would save $4.5 million if they traded him. Those are the teams that I think you just ransack. Expensive yeah. team, looking to shed salary, looking to hit the reset button. What can you get a guy like that for? A year ago, we signed a $20 million a year deal. Can you get him for $13 million with a mid-round pick because they want to get rid of him? Yeah. And I mean, it's just, again, useful players and they're not, not that old. Like they play the ball. Like, you know, those guys, those guys matter when you're making these types of trades that we were just not kicking the can and going like, well, this might work out. It's like this guy two years ago was worth getting paid this much because he was dunking on everybody. Like Kenny Galladay, like that's what he was. We knew that contract. Talk about getting the stink off of him too. I mean, get some of those guys out of that Giants offense. I think they could look a lot different. Absolutely. Especially when they just had whatever they had going on there. But yeah, but I, I think honestly, that's another great one. I, I really do. And yeah, I saw Shepard's name come across the timeline a little bit. But yeah, I think those I, I really like the Galladay kind of like, hey, let's get that quick little retread. I mean, it's only one year. Like, it's not like he's been there for two, two and a half years where it's like, OK, he hasn't really done much in a while. It's like, no, just he's just a year out of it. And I mean, yes, he only I think he only caught like 500 yards last year or something like that. But guess guess what? If you get him as a good number two, I, I think that's exactly what his role should be. All right. Let's move to the wide receiver market in general here. Just a quick overview yeah. of some of the names available. We already talked about Beckham. Juju's a free agent again. Again. <laughs> Christian Kirk is heading the market. DJ Chark. Those are kind of the guys in that second tier that I think we can be looking at. Obviously, with the Beckham considerations, there's the injury. I would assume they want him back in LA. Yeah. I That would be my bet is that that's where he ends up. What do you think about Christian Kirk and DJ Chark? I like them both, actually. Just in there, but it's funny because they're different. Like why I like them in different ways. Like I like Chark as like almost like in the Gallup kind of thing. Gallup, I maybe a tad better, but almost like he's your number two, number three weapon. But he's an X, if that makes sense. Like it's in a passing attack, he's not your number one weapon, or he's a low end number two weapon. But he can play X and play on the outside and win from that. I really actually I like Christian Kirk if the right role was for him when he can just stay in the slot because that really unlocked him. And I thought he did an excellent job. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about him in a sec. But it's like I, I like both of them in, their, in their place. Like I actually say Chark is one of the guys I would target as kind of getting maybe a discount compared to some of these other guys that might get paid a little bit more. I feel the same way about Chark. He's still only 25 years old. Yep. And you can't teach size and speed, man. Yep. And, <laughs> and he's got think about scales. how bad the situation was over yep. the last couple of years. What about the Raiders? A team like that. Raiders would be great. I just think something like that. You just need a little bit of juice on the outside. He's the type of guy that I think would be worth a dice roll, even if you have to pay somewhat of a premium because it's free agency. Yep. No, it's funny you asked me about Chark because that was the one we have a little category, one I would really want, and Chark would be the guy I would target. 
All right, here we go. So I want we can look at the top tier guys all the time. Yeah. But I want to see where the values might be. Where we like, all right, this is where I want to be shopping. So for each one of these positions, we're going to do the free agent you really want based on price, based on fit, all of that stuff. So who's yours for the receivers? And that, that <laughs> it was Chark. <laughs> so that was the one I really want, just for the reasons I already said. You can get a true starting X for if you're signing them as a vet, it's a discount from maybe those top guys. I think they still has upside to tap into. We didn't get to see him much last year. When I watched him a couple of years ago, I remember doing a study with Minshew and Chark because I'm a sicko and watch too much Jags offense. So even not even just last year with Trevor Lawrence, but just overall the last few years. Um, <laughs> he just does things that, like you said, you can't teach. He, he can stretch the field. He can jump up, win, uh, win 50-50 balls for you. Can really help a lot of quarterbacks out. He no was matter making what shit happen in that Houston game in week one last year. <laughs> yep. He does stuff like he, he's a vertical kind of guy. Like he does shit, though. Like it's a tangibly good player. So that's a guy I would really target uh, on this market. Mine was Russell Gage. Oh, nice. I like Gage. Depending on the price. I mean, if yeah. you're looking at him in the six, seven million dollar a year range, kind of yeah. the 2022 version of the Kendrick Bourne contract from 2021, mm-hmm. where you're looking at half of what the top tier guys are going to make. He was tied for 17th in yards per route run last year, league wide, just behind Godwin, just in front of Michael Pittman. I mean, okay. you go watch, he just, separation is real. It is, if you can create separation, you can play in the league and you can be a useful player. I don't think he's your number one receiver, no. but if you're going to get him for three years, 25 million, and he's your number two wide out, just yep. as a, solid weapon in your offense. I think that's the type of guy that you can really make a difference with in free agency. If a team needs bodies, like when we, we've talked about a couple of these teams, like, man, they need more than one. Like he's the guy you kind of target. Cause it's like, okay, he, he's another guy that we have him as our number three type weapon, but he's useful. He can play 40 to 50 snaps. Do you draw plays for him? No. But if the ball goes his way, you don't mind. Like, I, I think that's a good way to put him. It's like as a super kind of role type of role type of guy, but I, I really like Russell Gage as well. All right. Your best under the radar option at receiver. I got three. <laughs> this is where you got Kendrick Bourne last year. It so I, I feel like this is we're going to listen to you here. My area right here. Well, I, I have to mention first off our uh, athletic football show all star nomination, Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, I have to throw him out there as just kind of like a, I think you can maybe get some out of him. I think he's figuring out his role in the league, not saying a number one, number two. Maybe number two, number three type of guy, but like you could find a role for him. But my other two, I almost put him in here. I almost did. You? did. And then I was I like, was, oh, I, I, I don't know. I actually thought maybe you would. Okay. All right. So my other two, uh, one's Byron Pringle. And Byron Pringle is a low usage all star. And that's what Kendrick Bourne was. And that's why I loved him. I think Bourne is a late bloomer. He was a Juco guy, he was a young, older guy getting into the league. I think he still has some stuff where less is more. You don't want him to be truly your number one guy that you're paying like obviously or even number two guy but a guy that someone assigns a number three number four that can ascend and like you find you're like oh man we actually we could use this guy more ways than i thought so pringle last year he led receivers and uh first downs and tar- first downs per target which i always love he had 32 first downs 60 targets he was second in the nfl behind dallas goddard uh second in dvoa uh for receiving for receivers behind our boy Kendrick Bourne. And I think he's a number three receiver, but you have other pieces with him. You you throw him in there. He could be a super number three. I think at times with the Chiefs, with their offense being what it is, it's a it's a one of one, the Chiefs offense. I think Pringle in a, a more of a traditionally based offense would really ascend and get him like more of a focused role for him. Um the other one is Zach Pascal. And this is just another 
super role player type, 28 years old, so he's a little earlier, but he's a 3 and D guy. He is, you pop him into your, your receiver room, you are happy, and you don't have to pay that much for you. And he's a guy that really can set the tone. We talk about offensive line doing it. That's what Zach Pascal can do. And I thought he actually got a little better with the receiver stuff. He actually did some red zone stuff. That was good, but dirty work, 3 and D type of guy. So that, that's my list right there. <laughs> but I think Pringle is the one that could really, really ascend in the right situation. That's interesting. Like Pascal, let's say he makes, I don't know, two million a year in an offense like Green Bay's, for example. Yes. Right. Where he just does all the dirty work for you. You go get a Chris Olave in the first round. Oh, so you can have those that. three guys out there at the same time. He's like a big slot who can block. I th- he's useful. He's useful in useful. those types of like play action offenses, offenses where we need the receivers to block. He's definitely willing to do that. Yeah. All right. This doesn't really count just because the name is not under the radar. But if you think about what his market would be compared to what it's been in years past, what about Will Fuller? Will Fuller yeah. got one year, 10 million last year. And that's before he'd miss most of the season. Like <laughs> what does Will Fuller make this year? Is it one year, 7 million? And just, wouldn't just you be willing down. to take that gamble? Cause if you're the I mean, Colts, when he's played, he's been phenomenal. I mean, remember if you're the, the Texas, Colts, yeah. Like if you're Indy and like you have all this money and you need juice on your offense, isn't that the type of guy worth gambling over? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's a one-year dice roll. I mean, that's what he is. It's and we, we've. If it doesn't talked, work out, what do you lose? <laughs> yeah, right. And when you uh, with guys that are the deep ball speed guys, home run hitter types, it's like that's what we've talked about. Is that like you almost want to keep those guys on one and two year deals because you can rotate the roles for those types of guys. How about a guy that can do that plus a little bit more, like in a, like a super high efficiency rate, an explosive rate that he had with Houston. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's one of the best dice rolls out there, uh, personally, in this in this class. All right, your best fit at receiver. Okay, I got two. Best one, team player fit. I got two. So one's DJ Chark, and honestly, it was Bears, Browns, and maybe Patriots. That was my, my three for him. Just anyone that needs a ball winner X. And I think I would love to see uh, Justin Fields with DJ Chark. Yeah, that I, sounds I, awesome, I, actually. That is it, not a connection I had made, but that makes a lot of sense. I, I really, I think price point, everything like that one, and then draft another one maybe in the third. Like, I, I kind of like that. And Patriots as well, same exact thing. They need speed. They need an X. I think I, that fits really nice as well. Browns, same kind of thing. My other one was MVS, and I have them with the Colts or the Patriots as well. Teams that need a speed guy, as long as you just don't overpay them. All right, so I had Allen Robinson to the Chiefs, my favorite fit. Oh, yeah. You can see it. I can just see it in my brain. It makes total sense to me. The signing I most want to see. So this is not necessarily tethered to reality. Just I would love to see this player on this team. We're going to do this for all the positions. Is MVS to the Chargers. Like it. So Keenan's in the slot. You have Mike Williams as your ball winner, and then you have the speed. I don't think they can afford to pay MVS whatever he's going to make. What do you think he's going to get? Is it like the Tyra Williams deal? Where you have the speed much. guy who gets overpaid as a number two. That's kind of what it feels exactly like. What it, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Because what did he get? Like 11? No. 11 million a year. This is 11 a couple years right? ago. God. I know. The Raiders just threw so much shit at every receiver possible. It's crazy. If we're doing signing we want to see, and this is a we, – we mentioned him a little bit before. Christian Kirk to the Chiefs. And that's because his ability to win. Oh, this is like slot. a supercharged version of what they tried to do with Juju last year. Exactly. Yeah. When he's best from the slot, it can help unlock Tyreek and Kelsey a little bit. I think Shield thinks he'll be in that $11, $12 million range. Best as a secondary type of guy. He would be the third option. I think that's perfect. He's 25. He's just figuring out his role. 
top 10 in every metric, like in football outsiders metrics, 1.9 yards per route run right around DJ Moore and scary Terry and 0.1 above Keenan Allen. Like he was a very tangibly useful player. And the last one, the other one I'll sign. We want to see AJ green with the bears. Same things I said with shark, but giving a one year vet deal, Give them just ball winners. I want every outside ball winner with Justin Fields. I just want to see that and just run, let them run 989 15 times a game. That's all I'm I want. I'm just going to pretend see. it was DJ Chark. That's what I'm going to pretend. I'm just going to pretend okay. that was the one that you suggested to me. All right. <laughs> so, and the, the last thing I wanted to do before we, like, for each of these positions, was just the teams that need to shop in this aisle, the teams that we feel like need to make a move at this spot this year. We've mentioned most of them already. I have the Patriots, the Eagles, the Bears, the Browns. The other one that I feel like has to go get a receiver of some kind is the Saints. Yes. I mean, the Saints desperately need more receiving help. I I didn't have a a pairing with a player that necessarily made sense in my head, but I think they have to go do something. Yeah. I think they can get one in the draft where they're sitting in the late teens could be a great spot for them or somebody in the second. So yeah, I think they that might be the angle they go. But yeah, no, it's they, also they, harder to justify them spending fifteen million dollars on anybody when they're forty eight million dollars over the cap. It may yeah. not stop them, but it, it still was a little tougher to imagine them spending in the same way the Jags can. It's so hard listing these teams off because you go like, Oh, well, they can't spend any money in free agency, and then you get to the Saints and you're like Well, it doesn't matter, apparently, (laughs) because apparently they can. (laughs) All right, let's get to tight ends. Not that much to work with here. I mean, obviously, most of the tight ends that were near the top of the market are not going to be hitting free agency. Right. And Joku, if Gasicki doesn't, if Dalton Schultz doesn't. I mean, other than that, we're talking about O.J. Howard and Evan Ingram. I mean, there aren't that many guys. Is there a free agent in this group that you really would want? Yeah, because most of the guys I would want are probably going to get tagged. But I would say CJ Uzama. I I like him so much. I learned his name. And Look at you go. I know. I 2022 the, is a new year for you, buddy. It, <laughs> I'm reading more. I'm reading more. So it's helping. <laughs> so honestly, I, I watched this guy and it started as a joke. that I always mess up his name. But I'm watching him like, this guy's a true why. He's a pretty good blocker. He made the most every, every time he got a target. Like he can actually hit the intermediate routes and he's actually good on them. Just of how they structure their offense, he was the fourth weapon. I mean, I get why, because the other three weapons were pretty damn good. So I think in a a one where he kind of bumps up to your number three type of weapon in your passing attack, he has enough speed. He averaged over six yards a catch or after the catch. Um, yards after catch, he averaged 6.1, which was the same Some as Travis explosive Kelsey. explosive plays this year. Yeah, same as Travis Kelsey. George Kittle was at 6.3. So he almost had the same yards after the catch as George Kittle. Um, he might be a little pricey, especially he has he's battled injuries. He had Achilles a couple of years ago. Um, he had MCL. He battled through the, the, the postseason. But he's a good blocker. He's a true three-down Y. And that's really hard to find unless you like hit in the draft or really pay a lot of money. He had enough awareness to handle the pass protection. His personality seems fun, but I, I really I would take a chance on this guy. I got 10th in DYAR on him from Football Outsiders, 12th in DVOA, and that was just like with limited really reps on him. So, yeah, I, I, this is a guy I would really target if, if I was a team going after a free agent. The one I had was Max Williams. Yeah, okay. Another just wide tight end. So he was doing work as a receiver last year before he yeah. got hurt. I mean, yeah. his first couple games, he was making some big splash plays, solid blocker. You know, yep. not the most exciting guy in the world, but if you're giving him the Nick Boyle deal, like five and a half to six million a year, you need a starter at tight end. If you're a team like the Jets or the yeah. Titans, just a team that needs, needs a guy at that spot. 
I just think you can do worse than that, especially at the price point he's likely to be at after getting hurt last year. Yep. And yeah, another one. Yeah. Another one to throw on it. That's a great point. Cause that's, that's what it is. It's like with tight ends, it's, it, you can find useful players on this market. You just have to kind of like, you have to squint a little bit and go, well, they don't use them that way. Or he's come off an injury. Like you said, or we have to find like, maybe a guy expands his role and he does better. Or maybe it's like, Oh shoot, the old coaches were right. And we should have a limited role for him. Sometimes that happens. The other one I had, and this is the same kind of vein as, uh, uh, Uzama is Tyler Conklin from the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he's a free agent now, but he had more yards per route run than Dawson Knox, Tyler Higby and Zach Hertz. And he's a solid blocker. It's just that offense is an old school offense that doesn't use your tight ends, maybe in how other teams use their tight ends now. So, yeah, the other one. Yeah. And then the retread is OJ Howard. But those are kind of three I kind of had tabbed a little bit. Where do you think Evan Ingram would make the most sense? I was trying to figure out landing spots for him. And it, he's just such a specific type of player that I yeah. had a hard time coming up with anything. God, you need, you need a team with a Y. So I'm just trying to think like almost the Raiders. And you use them as like an F tight end. Like that's your vertical threat as your F tight end. It's <laughs> your second tight end. That's just one off the top of my head. Uh, that's not the best one. I hate my. I hate it already. I'm ready to talk myself out of it. Man, who needs a Y? Who, or what who about what about Green Bay? Oh yeah, because they do it. Yeah, yeah. Tanya's a free agent. Yeah, Mercedes Lewis will be there for the next forty years. Oh, I know. They He's, got Deguara, but it just, just still feels like just they wanted a little bit more project. juice. Yeah. Yeah. Ingram's such a unique player because you you know you could find a role for him. It's like he just has to be in that right situation. What about the Colts? So the Colts are another team I had that should be shopping in the tight end aisle just because they need why. Jack Doyle just retired. Mo yep. Alley Cox is a free agent. Really the only but guy on their roster is Kylan Granson. They they need <laughs> speed and explosiveness at their receiver spots somehow, some somehow. way. Whether it's Will Fuller, whether it's any position, they just need more explosiveness at those spots. And I don't know how they're going to find it, but I think that that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Oh, I do. And I like Granson a little bit, but that's the thing is he's more of like a smaller, undersized guy. (laughs) So actually, yeah, I know that's tough. Yeah, but I think that's exactly right with the Colts. It's because they they got so samey with all their receivers, the big, tough underneath guys. (laughs) Uh, If if we're doing, uh, I actually do like Tani a lot. Like, is my, like, he kind of got lost in the wash a little bit after he got hurt. And I mean, this guy was the number one DVOA tight end in 2020, second in DYAR. So he was super productive, super efficient. He's just not a good blocker. But if you're going to overpay for Kasiki, I know he might be tagged. But say you're in the market for a guy like Kasiki, I would rather have this guy as my F add, add, as kind of like a retread contract or a prove it deal, a one or two year prove it kind of deal. Um, so that's a guy I, I really have tabbed as well as Robert Tanya. And, and it's weird to call him under the radar as a guy that did so well in 2020. And then, you know, you kind of just you forget about him sometimes and, you know, limit as a blocker as well. The teams that I think need to be shopping in this aisle, we already mentioned a couple of them. The Colts, I think, are one. The Titans, yep. all of their guys are hitting free agency. Titans, yes. The Jets. The, the Jets Huge. need a tight end. Whoever it ends up being, I think that's why a guy like Max Williams, who can do a little bit of everything, I, yep. you, they need somebody in that offense. And yep. I could see them spending bigger in the draft on receiver and things like that. So I feel like tight end might be something where they shop in the middle range here in free agency. And that's a lot of type, a lot of those types of guys are available this year. Yeah. Cardinals and Seahawks maybe as well. Yeah. Um, Cardinals definitely do. Yep. Cardinals. Because yeah. Zach Ertz said free agency. Where do you think Zach Ertz makes the most sense? Whew. Man, that would actually be a Packers one too. Uh, but the, I'm sorry. When I, whenever someone asks me about a team, 
just this, I will explain how my brain works. I go left to right geographically. So I, <laughs> I start, I go by division. So I start, yeah, I start thinking statewide. I look at a map in my brain. So yeah, but so I have to like start thinking about that, man, but I'm useful ball catchers, man. I wouldn't say Titans because I, I don't know. He doesn't bring it kind of in the run game like they would need it to. I mean, honestly, if the price was right, the Jags, just because they need ball catchers, like really, like that would be one that I actually maybe would throw out there. And maybe a team like Washington, like I don't know if they could afford that pricing and all that, but like, I don't know. That's a just a, a team because Logan Thomas, they paid, but he's like 32. So you're getting the same kind of age. So maybe that's not, Ertz is a weird fit because he's useful, but he's specific. If, if that makes sense. like you Yeah, it's kind of a right version there. of that of Ingram thing. I think he can do exactly. a little bit more. But all right, exactly. let's get to the running backs here. Okay, I give one under the radar guy. Sure. Uh, one under radar guy is Anthony Ferkser from the Titans. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I just like him. And I this is what led to me with Kendrick Bourne is high leverage situations. Third down a red zone. Who gets the targets? And Ferkser kind of like would win one-on-ones when you get this. He would never be the 1A for them. But the ball would go his way sometimes. Not so much last year. It was a weird passing offense last year for them. But I just think maybe an offense that's truly spread out, really a passing attack. He's your number two tight end. We, we're more of a heavy passing team, like the Chiefs or something like that sort, or even the Cardinals. You know, any of those teams where he can be useful spreading it out. I, I like him. I like Anthony Ferkshire. It's kind of like an under-radar, cheapy kind of deal guy. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, let's get to the running backs here. Strange group. You look at it, the guys available here, Melvin Gordon, James Conner, Leonard Fournette, Sony Michelle, Chase Edmonds, Rashad Penny. Guys, don't draft running backs in the first round. Nope. Just don't don't do do it. it. Okay? Don't do it. It, Wait till pick thirty three. Pick thirty three matter. They certainly do, but we have I mean, this a lot of these guys just kind of floating around now after their first contract, despite being drafted in the first round. Unbelievable. Just, if you're gonna do it, just don't do it. And just CMC is on the trade market. Like it's I know Todd Gurley is already retired. <laughs> like we, we already know. Is there a guy from this group that you would really want? The only one and this one was like my quickest section because I could, couldn't find guys. Uh, it's Chase Edmonds. His year last year, he kind of uh, lost it to James Conner, who I also like. 
but it's I'm a big fan of his game. He has juice, but as just part of a guy as your rotation, if you get him on a decent deal, I like him. Chase Edmonds. And honestly, if James White's kind of situation is medicals and everything, if you feel okay about him, cheapy, cheapy deal for James White, I would like as a pass catcher. That's pass exactly catcher. what I was going to say. I, really? I just think that if you're... Because I don't want to spend a lot of money on no, running back in free agency. I don't really want to spend any money scat on running backs, back in free agency. It, scat backs and rotation guys. It, it's bridge contracts and scat backs. That's what you. That's what you get in free agency. If you're looking for one specific skill set, I think James yep. White is a good one. I mean, the contract that James Conner got last year was a really good deal for the Cardinals. Yes. There just aren't that many of those that can hand it out in free agency. Uh, I think Conner, in the right situation, could be real. Is still a really useful player. He was yep. good last year. Mm-hmm. Just like point blank. Period. We'll get to him in a second the my favorite under the radar guy so i don't know what's going to happen with him and his tender because he's a restricted free agent yeah i thought the Ernest johnson was really good last year and if you're looking for a guy like you have a hole there (laughs) why not you're you're a team like the jets okay you have michael carter and he's probably going to be your your running back here over the next couple years but he's undersized you need a runner Johnson was really good in that kind of zone-based offensive system last year. I mean, the Browns do a little bit of everything, but just as somebody to take a dicer on for two million bucks, I, like I, I would be willing to take a chance. He's twenty-six. He doesn't have yes. that many touches on his tires. Like, I yeah, I, I like that one a lot. Actually, if you're if you're getting a guy more than just a scat back guy, but a guy part of that's like a useful part of your rotation, that's that's a really good one. I like that. Uh, I also think Marlon Mack is kind of interesting. Yeah, odd man out with the Colts just because what they did with Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, there's an injury history that you have to be concerned about there. But I I just feel like he's been good in in limited spurts. But again, it's like, what do the which teams really need to do this? It's just so far down the list of priorities. Exactly. So it's just hard to get excited about these signings compared to other positions. I know my only other under the radar guy. And this is just because I have experience with him. And just again, if you're looking for if you're a team. Like say, let's say with the Bengals. Okay, Bengals have Joe Mixon. He's your dude. He's a legit dude. And but the thing is, they have to they have to get a guy on passing downs because he's not great in pass protection. Physically, he is. Mentally, not so much. If you want to get a cheapy scat back type of guy, a Jalen Richard, just a guy that you can get on a vet min one year. Hey, let this guy pass protect. Let this guy catch passes because he's five eight, two hundred five pounds. He can do that. But I'm just saying, I was desperate <laughs> the trying that to I'm find. Laughing is because. <laughs> It's because we're on like year eight of you being in on Jalen Richard. Oh, yeah. All 200 <laughs> yards that he creates every year. 200 <laughs> yards, total yards per season. Doesn't even return uh, kicks. Yeah, I know. Gotta love really it. That's funny. But if, you, if you're in a system like that where you just need a need a body that can actually get you through, James White's a little too expensive. That's the type of guy you're going after. The other one other one I brought up and I didn't realize it's like he really did like die last year. It's like Philip Lindsay. It was like, yeah, if you're like, I know, but he, man, he's been, he was rough. I, I took a glance at it and that's, he's tiny. I mean, that's, that was his thing. But when he was with Denver, I loved him. So that's another one. If you're kicking the can out of vet, vet men type of guy. I mean, but you have guys here like Melvin Gordon and Rashad Penny were good as runners last year, but do you yes. really want to spend on either one of them? I mean, what type of team is going to be yep. willing to give them a contract? It's, it's just such take, a hard market to understand. Take Jerome Ford in the third round. Like there's so many, and this back class is so many guys between the second and the fourth. And it's like, just take one of those. It's such an easier team building philosophy. So the signing I'd want to see independent of money or reality I would love to see James Conner in Washington. Oh, man, that would be fun. Just yeah. can do everything for them. Yeah. McKissick is a free agent, so Conner can be somebody that catches passes for you. They just I don't think they're thrilled with the way that Antonio Gibson has played over the last year or so. 
And I kind of might be a little bit too rich for them when you consider mm-hmm. some of the other holes they need to fill. But the, him in that offense, I would just love to see it. I got kind of more of like some dream picks. I'm try, I didn't really get too much in the whether they can do it contract wise. But like I had Melvin Gordon with the Falcons. <laughs> that would <laughs> so, make total sense to me. Right. I, I, that's not crazy. But okay. why would they do that? I know. That's, that's my only they thing. There's so many needs. <laughs> that fit and player, I think, makes total sense. I, but I why Why would they spend $6 million on Melvin Gordon? Like It just doesn't make any sense to it me. It doesn't. And they have so many needs and all that stuff. And the cap stuff is, is hell. The other kind of dream picks was Chase Edmond with the Chiefs. Just because he's a passing down guy. And I think that would be so much fun on their stuff. Another kind of joke dream one. And this is never going to happen in a million years. Is Cordero Patterson with the 49ers. Just so I can get some more. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just juice it up to the max. And the other one was James White or Jalen Richard type uh, to the Bengals. And those are kind of like my dream kind of fits off the I top of my they're, head. They're probably hoping Chris Evans can be that guy, right? They are. It, yeah. It's just that he he has a long ways to go. He's a good pass catcher. But I think as far as all the other stuff, protection. Protection. Protection is their main thing. That's what they need. Again. They're going to pass that much. And they're going to uh, they're going to lean more into a Joe Burrow. You need a guy that can pass protect or Joe Mixon's got to really step up his game. All right. Let's get to the offensive line market here. We've already talked about a lot of the top guys. So if you're looking at kind of second tier down with centers, you have Brian Allen, Ben Jones, guard, Lake Tomlinson, James Daniels, Austin Corbett, Andrew Norwell, not stars, but guys that really can fill out your roster in an effective way. I think at those positions tackle, not quite (laughs) as many guys. I mean, they're very rarely are. It's why, the Armstead thing is such a rarity, but you still have players there. It doesn't sound like the Seahawks are going to use the franchise tag. So Dwayne Brown may be hitting the market. He's getting up there in age, but still somebody I think is worth taking a look at. Morgan Moses mm-hmm. it just starts 16 games a year from here until the end of time. Trent Brown, who doesn't, but the upside is tantalizing. Yeah. Cam Robinson is a year removed from the franchise tag. He's still young. So a lot of names there at depending on price points, all of that. Is there a free agent from those groups, let's say on the interior and at tackle that you would really want? Yeah. Cam, Cam Robinson would be one I would take a swing at if we're going tackles. Like that would be one. I would, hey, if we have a good situation, is there tools to work with? He's fine. I would say he's a fine, like has some flashes, but he's fine as a tackle. Tackle is just, oh my God, I was trying to find some name in there where I was like, oh, I could sound smart here. And I was like, you're right. Very, very few. It's, it's hard, man. I, I was trying to get creative, but I would say interior guys, uh, Bradley Bozeman uh, as kind of like, cause he played all three spots in interior. He, he's good. That's he's a good got, one. Yeah. And shoot starts out center for you. Maybe you can play him a guard. Like you do the whole Tooney thing, 27 years old. So you're getting him right. In a nice stretch of his career. The next three or four years, that would be kind of a guy. If I think I need interior help, I'd really have him circled, triangled, starred, highlighted. Um, and then, yeah, the, the other two on the interior is Brian Allen for the Rams. Uh, he's small. Played great, though, this year. He wins with leverage. He's super smart. I was very impressed with how he handled stuff protection-wise because they didn't, they put it all on him. And I thought he did a really nice job of adjusting with what they did. Play, like, I really think his tape against Vita Vea in the playoffs was really impressive, how he uses leverage. That's not that's a hard hard ask for somebody who weighs 60 pounds more than you for a whole game. Played like shit in the Super Bowl, which we haven't talked about yet, but did not play great in the Super Bowl. If we, if we, Anyways, if anyone wants to break down what happened to the Rams run game in the, in the Super Bowl, everyone kind of took turns, but Brian Allen had a rough first couple quarters. <laughs> I don't know what happened. He might have gotten too geeked up. It happens. And the other one is his partner on the offensive line is Austin Corbett. And that that would be kind of my 
going to that above average, solid, good tier. If your team with a shit O-line like the Bengals had last year, he would be a nice going from below average or poor to more above average, good tier. So when we talk about fits, I'll, I'll get to Austin Corbett in a bit. Yeah. The guys I would really want, Morgan Moses for $7 million a year. Those are the players you need. Yes. The, the guy who, he hasn't missed a game since 2015. It's the Charles Leno thing from last year. Stability. Right? It's funny because they moved on from Moses and then they signed Leno. is that funny? Just putting a guy there who is a functional tackle that's going to give you 16 games and is going to give you average to above average for a third of what the best tackles on the yes. market are going to make, that's fine with me. If yep. you're the Steelers, if you're the Bears, if you're the Chargers, and all you need is a body there yep. who is going to be reliable, that's what you need at that spot. Yep. You don't need a superstar. You need somebody who's going to do his job consistently. And I think that's what he is. James Daniels on the interior is still only 24 years old. The Bears situation over the last few years has been a mess. He played center. Now he's playing guard. Yep. It, all of these moving pieces, the offensive line coaching, it, it was a disaster. I mean, it's awful. There's so many reasons to think that he'd be salvageable based on his traits, the way that he's played and how he's bounced around and how young that he is. I think Ben Jones for $6 million a year is going to make somebody really, really happy. If you're on the right team, he would make a lot of sense. Just like, need a stopgap guy who's reliable, who's a veteran presence. Again, potentially for half of what you're going to pay the top centers on the market. If yeah. you need a two-year answer there, he's played pretty damn well for the Titans since he got there. If you're getting the name brand or the store brand version. That's what you're paying. 100%. You're Hey, do we are we pr proud to show this off? And he's our number one holding up the jersey and the signing. It's like no, but it's like it's one of those that those are ones that win you games. I don't want those. No, <laughs> I don't want, want those at all. You want competency at at, at sixty percent of the price as what you pay those other guys. And that's taking us to my favorite fit here: Lakin Tomlinson to the Bengals. That makes a lot of sense. Zone heavy scheme. Yep. You you sign him for seven eight million dollars a year. Terminology How about this? The same. How about Lakin Tomlinson and Austin Corbett to the Bengals? They could do that too, couldn't they? So probably I think they learned their lesson with the Trey Waynes deal. I think so. I yeah. think they'd much rather have Chidobi Awuzie and Mike Hilton for the Trey Waynes price. And I think they'd much rather have Lakin Tomlinson and Austin Corbett for the Brandon Scherf price. I think so. I think you're absolutely right. Why wouldn't you? It's two starters. It's two, two, two positions that you get to that B minus. But it's like, that's what you need. That's it. That's all that's you need. All you need. <laughs> and those guys, it's not even a schematic jump, right? You no. can totally see it. It, it yeah. fits. It makes sense. Uh, Corbett's been good. And Corbett's been pretty darn He's, good the last couple of years. Yes. I mean, obviously, he was a second-round pick. It flamed out in Cleveland, but resurrected his career. He's been a solid, mm -hmm. reliable starter. I think something like that is the Bengals' plan, where you go get two guys, maybe draft a tackle. Like There are different ways that they can solve this with the money that they have. You just inject it with bodies. And sometimes you have to get creative. Like the Chiefs got creative last year. Yes, throwing a lot of money at Joe Tooney is not very creative, but they it worked. But then it, they went youth at center and guard. They traded for Orlando, uh, Orlando Brown. So like there's ways to attack this rather than just going, take a guy in the first round. Okay, we're set. You know, we're not going to do the Bears – uh, Bears drafting Gabe Karimi and say, okay, our offensive line set like that. <laughs> we're not going to do that. You have to inject it with multiple bodies. There's five starters and two backups that you need under the radar guy is Mark Lewinsky, which I've mentioned before, just because he's, he's fine. He, he's fine. 
it is fine. But if you're going, hey, we need a guy when we're paying 50% of sticker price of what everybody else is getting. Okay, let's get the store brand version of that. And now you're getting fine starter at the, at the guard spot. So that's another under the radar guy that maybe you can get on a discounted deal. The other fit that made sense to me. What about Dwayne Brown to the Colts? If he's making tackle. $10 million a year compared to Armstead making $20 million a year, and you just need an answer there yep. in the short term, I think that's yep. worth it. Yeah. And once you just attack other areas. So now you're not like, okay, oh, we're okay. We just, well, we just blew our load on the left tackle. Yeah. And what did they pay for Fisher last year? Like eight? Was that something in that, that range? Some something of that range? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just the natural inflation of that. It's the same type of same type of deal, same type of philosophy on that. It's not fun to keep having to do this year in and year out at these positions like quarterback and left tackle, but it's yeah. also hard to fill those spots, especially, especially when, when you, you don't, don't have a first round pick this year. Yes. So, especially when we don't have a lottery pick to take one with. <laughs> That's it's pretty hard. So the signing I would want to see is Ryan Jensen to the Bears. I've said that multiple yep. different times. I just think that you add that physical element to your offense. You add his experience to a young yep. quarterback. I, the pairing makes sense to me. I, Brian Allen is another yep, choice there. I think they should do something at center. Bozeman, I don't know what Allen, it ends Jensen. up looking. I don't know what it ends up looking like, but I would do something at center. And the other one, Toronto Armstead to Miami would just be fun. I think it makes yep. total sense. I think that it's alignment between need and and fit at all of those different things. So those are the two where if both of those happen, I would do backflips. I think that'd be awesome. I literally have the same. So that's really funny. <laughs> I have arms. I said, I said Armstead to a Florida team. So Jaguars or Dolphins, because I already mentioned my dream with the the Jaguars, but that that's probably never, ever going to happen unless it's Nate Tice running, running the Jaguars and not Trent Balky. But I would go with, uh, yeah, for the Bears, it's just any center, any semblance of center. I said Bozeman, Allen, Jensen, whoever to the Bears, just because I want to see. I, I think that would be the best thing that happens to Justin Fields and just really the offensive line. Then you just go from there. We have our building block, literally your center, your your keystone. I think they call it, you know, when they built the, the water, the aqueducts. In, in Rome, in Roman Empire, he's the keystone. He's what holds it all together. They need that so so much in Chicago, and I think that would help everybody out uh, on that offensive line. All right. The teams that need to be shopping in this aisle, we talked about a lot of them, the Bengals. Yeah. I think the Jets need a guard. The Giants need yeah, some help yeah, along the offensive yeah. line. I mean, they have a left tackle. and They'll tell you. End of list. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they, they will. <laughs> Bears, Bears, like we mentioned. Panthers, Panthers and yep. Chargers, I think, could use a right tackle. Yeah, I mean, that's when you think about the way that offense needs to evolve. They need more speed. I think they know that. But if they're going to push the ball down the field, protection is a huge part of that. And really shoring up that right side after what it looked like last season has to be a priority for them. Yeah. The it's, last it's, thing worth it's, it's so funny with the Chargers. They have the hardest spots filled out that they have a rookie contract, all pro left tackle. All pro caliber, MVP caliber, th- going into his third year quarterback. They have a nice center. They have a star receiver, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, whatever you do. They have the hard positions figured out. And it's like, okay, can we get the other guys now? Do it all safety, <laughs> elite pass rusher. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Like they, I mean, yeah, they took it to the extreme. But it's like, okay, they just need the glue guys now, which isn't a bad problem to have. So the last thing I wanted to mention here was the quarterbacks available. I didn't want to spend an entire section on it just because there aren't many of them the name that came up the most in conversations i had in indianapolis Stunned. as it relates to quarterbacks is mitchell trubisky i can't and, and here's the reason that it came up the most it's because every single team that's thinking about their quarterback plan if they don't trade for one of the big guys which no one's going to i mean unless watson gets moved it feels like everyone's going to be back in their spot 
I, that may sound very silly when Aaron Rodgers announces that he no longer wants to play in Green Bay before tomorrow. this podcast comes out tomorrow. <laughs> but it feels like a lot of these teams are going to need to piece the position together. If you're Washington, if you're Pittsburgh, do you just go out and say, all right, we're going to do two years, 20 million for Trubisky, 15 of a million, 15 million guaranteed, or one year, 10 million even. Let's say it's the Dalton contract. Yeah. Let's say Mitchell Trubisky gets the Dalton contract and then you draft a quarterback. If you're Pittsburgh, if you're Washington, that is a plan that kind of makes sense to me. Like, yeah. It's not ideal, but it kind of makes sense to me. You have a stopgap option with theoretically some upside, and then you go draft somebody. It's not the Mike Glennon contract where you're giving him $18 million a year. Oh, that makes no sense deal. to me. <laughs> but if it's Mariota, if it's Trubisky, yeah. it's just one of those. All right, you're getting the stopgap quarterback contract, Teddy Bridgewater. Like Those are the types of moves that are going to happen in free agency this year. Yeah. They're not exciting, but we're no. going to see a couple of them. Well, we have such a – we talked about it before, but like the level – there's more player movement with the quarterbacks because the bar is so much higher for them now. Or sorry, the replacement level floor for them is – I'm going to list one of them. Wall, uh, <laughs> shackles, you know, like whatever. It, it shingles, it's – but I would say with the, with the quarterback, like the lower floor has now been raised so much that, okay, now with these guys jumping from spot to spot, actually is a little more tolerable now. It makes a little bit more sense. The premium you have to pay, it's quarterback. You're going to have to pay a little bit of a premium. There's a half grade inflation when you draft them. There's a little bit of premium when you pay them. It just, it's just what it is. It still has that gap between average and elite or gap and very good, as we know. But at least when you get competent quarterback play, it's like, okay, we can assess everything else. We talk about just... Allen Robinson with the, the shit situation he went. All these Giants receivers going into a bad situation there. It's like, yeah, you can say what you want about Daniel Jones and the offense and whatnot, but it's like when you get bad quarterback play, you can't assess anybody else. We don't know how the offensive line is because the quarterback's running around because he doesn't know how to read a field. You know, that's the type of thing. That's that's what you're really paying for for that. If you strike gold, like the Mariota, Mariota's of the world, I would take a chance on Marcus Mariota. I, I mean, a chance, but more like, I would, you know, if I'm in a situation like this, okay, let's give him a deal. The worst, worst we get is we got four, four quarterback back there that can scramble away, <laughs> you know, but it's, it, it's just a weird spot we're in, but that's what it is with quarterbacks. It's just that you're just trying to get to competency and there's more really than available out there or more than ever. It seems that like that we have guys with starting experience that are still around the league that aren't complete, like, Oh God, this guy should never see the field. He's just there, just there to give his ideas. Like these guys are actually like, okay, if they have the spot, they have to win you a game, they can do it. You don't build around them, but you try to uh, try to win you some games and assess everything else. There's a shelf life with every single one of the guys that we mentioned, everything. right? With, with all of these guys, but they're going to be a part of somebody's plan. And I understand why it has to be that way when you consider the alternatives of the position. Yeah. If you're gonna draft Malik Willis in the first round and you said we cannot play him right away. We just need some time. That's how it's going to be with some of these other rookie quarterbacks. $10 million for whoever your stopgap quarterback is to keep the seat warm for a little while. Yep. It's more than tolerable in this current climate. As long as they're good about it and they explain all that, as opposed to like signing Andy Dalton and then drafting a quarterback. QB1. And then saying, oh, yeah, he's still our QB1. As long as you tell them, like, hey, we're still going to draft a guy, but we'd really like you to like groom and lead, but you use this as a resume builder and maybe we can get you a deal next year. Like, that's, that takes organizational communication, but that's where it starts with. Like, that's what the good teams do. Uh, if they were in that situation, the smell of some smarter moves that they're trying to do. They understand. They are, they have a lot of self-awareness of what they are. Seems so. like they might have a plan. Oh, wow. Weird, right? <laughs> yeah. 
weird. It's weird that these billion dollar organizations need a plan to run well, <laughs> but they do. All right. That's all we got. I will be back tomorrow with Barnwell. I will be back with you and Shield on Thursday to the defensive players. If you guys have not checked out the combine recap that Dane Brugler and Lance Zerline did on Monday, highly encourage you guys to do that. Dane was in the building for all of those crazy defensive line workouts that happened on Saturday. So he can give you a firsthand account of what it was like to take those in, how everything that happened in Indy will be affecting his rankings, boards around the league, all of the impact that a pretty ridiculous set of combine workouts is going to have on this group of players. Really appreciate you guys listening. Please rate and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. I would sincerely appreciate that. Please subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash football show. There is so much going on right now. You can go read Shields free agency rankings. I may write this week. Um, I, yeah, I know. I know. I may do some of that. There's a lot of other people breaking down everything at a very exciting time in the NFL calendar as we barrel toward free agency here. Appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you soon. This was the Athletic Football Show.